Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was invited there. He was being carefully watched. Now, that's a great reminder to you and me. You know, this morning as a Christ follower, as a Christian, they're watching our lives. What do they see? Are we growing to be more like Jesus? Or do we make excuses for our lives that have, well, really little maturity? We need to be people of character by living lives that represent Jesus. We often think of ourselves as being insignificant and boring, living boring and unglamorous lives. So the tendency is to think that we're not being paid attention to. But as followers of Christ, we need to remember that we are under scrutiny by those around us who know we claim to be Christ followers. Pastor Mark will be teaching the need for us to live lives that are circumspect and above reproach. We need to be honest about how we live our lives and take advantage of God's grace and forgiveness when we sin. We need to be demonstrating to the world what an honest Christ follower looks like. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, God's Solutions for Our Excuses. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to have you with us. Turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Now, when you get to Luke, I want you to do one thing in chapter 14. I want you to go all the way to the last verse of that chapter, verse 35, because there's a very interesting thing that Jesus teaches us. Now, remember, he's just weeks to months from arriving at his destination. Destination, Jerusalem, where he'd be betrayed and crucified. So he's focused. This is not the beginning of his ministry. He is focused on what it means to be a Christian, a disciple. That's a term we'll use today. And so this teaching is for absolutely every Christ follower. And those of you that are not saved yet, those of you that don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you've fallen away, this is a huge teaching. Now look at the verse 35. See what it says there in our Bibles. It says this, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. The New Living Translation says this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, do you have ears? That's a funny thing. Look how funny those ears are. Now turn to the other neighbor and say this, listen up. Come on, listen up. Who's teaching you today? Not really me. This is direct from Jesus. Listen up. Believers, 
unbelievers. Now, a word that I'm going to use a lot because it's used in the passage is excuse. Excuse. God's solutions to our excuses. Now, here's some comments from people who had accidents. And they wrote on their claim for the insurance company why they had the accident. As you can imagine, it's filled with excuses. Here's the first one. I was leaving home for work one morning. I drove out of my driveway and I drove straight into the school bus. The bus was five minutes early. So he blamed the bus being early to run into it. Very good. Number two, I like this one. I collided with a stationary truck coming the other way. How can that not be your fault? Maybe the best one is this. I'm sorry, officer, for speeding. But without my glasses, I can't even hardly see the speedometer. Yeah, that's going to hold up really well as he writes the ticket. Well, what in the world is an excuse? Two things. The second one is the one I want you to focus on. Here's the first one. Excuse. Trying to justify a sin or a failure to make it seem less serious. We've all made excuses, but here's the real definition. The nature of an excuse is dishonesty. Excuses simply hide the truth. That was really what was happening in those first three things I just gave to you. Those people knew they were at fault, but they wanted to hide the truth in an excuse. Now, we've all done that. And so Jesus is going to talk about excuses that people make, and it looks right, but he knows that's a wrong excuse. It's really a lie. An excuse is really, most of the time, simply a lie. We begin Luke 14, verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was invited there, He was being carefully watched. Now, that's a great reminder to you and me. You know, this morning as a Christ follower, as a Christian, they're watching our lives. What do they see? Are we growing to be more like Jesus? Or do we make excuses for our lives that have, well, really little maturity? We need to be people of character by living lives that represent Jesus. So as he comes into this banquet, this party, people's eyes are on him. That was true of the whole ministry. Now watch what happens when he gets there. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. So he had a disease. And Jesus asked the Pharisees who put on the party and the experts in the law, look at the question he asked. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Now, Jesus over and over again healed on the Sabbath. Remember, the Jewish people called healing on the Sabbath work. So you can't work on the Sabbath. And so he has to defend himself all the time. Jesus knew that the Pharisees, watch me. How did this sick man get here? This party was for prominent, prideful Pharisees. Where did this sick man come from? Well, he would have never been invited to the party if Jesus wasn't there. But they set Jesus up. They were looking to condemn him because they knew if a sick person was there, what's Jesus going to do to the man? He's going to heal him. They knew it. And they're going to get him again. Well, watch what happens. Basically, Jesus asked this question. 
I'll change it a little. What excuse can you give me for not healing this man? Jesus says, let's see if you really give me the truth of why I'm here. In verse 4, when he asked the question, look at the, look at the first four words. How did they respond? Nothing. Nothing. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if you, one of the Pharisees, has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? Now, what are they going to say to that? Look at verse 6. And they, say it with me, had nothing to say. Their evil motive was evident. They were looking for a way to escape. But Jesus pinned them against the wall. I think that's great. The Pharisees evaded the issue by saying nothing. Saying nothing was an excuse. Instead of admitting, they invited Jesus there to trap him. You see, here was the solution. Here's what Jesus says to us. No excuses. Just admit when we're wrong. That I said something that looked like a good reason why I wasn't going to do this. But really, the truth is not that. So that's sometimes how we make excuses. There's a lot of excuses come at Thanksgiving and Christmas time. People that you don't want to invite to your home. You don't want to go to their home. You don't want to go to all the parties. Just tell the truth. Don't make all these excuses. Well, you know, I can't really be there. I have 23 parties tonight. And you came in last. You had no parties. Just say the truth. Now, when Jesus came in, watch me. When he came to this party, he notices something. Now, what you're going to see in biblical times, a party was different. It was a status kind of a deal. It was a big deal. You see, pride and status, they still happen today. Even though the setting is different, the principles are exactly the same. Watch this. And when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. Let me just show you an example. This would be the person that put on the banquet in those days. It was a big deal. This is a person that put on the banquet. So where were these people when they came in? This is the host. Where are they trying to sit? In the back row? No, they want to be by here. Or they want to be right here. Because when they look at the man that put the party on, they're right there. There was sadness to rub it off. Now, in church, it's that way. Usually, the front row people are the ones that get blessed. (laughs) Those of you in the past? (laughs) Okay. I know you want to get to the parking lot first. Okay, now here we go. Now, look what the parable Jesus gives. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. Again, as I said, in Jesus' day, as it is today, status is a big deal. Status and pride go together. If you were seated in the right places, then people would know, wow, look who's sitting next to the man who put this party on. This is fantastic. The emphasis was always on reputation. It was not on character. Where you were seated rather than living the right kind of life. Now, earlier in the book of Matthew, Jesus said this, Matthew 23, 6. And they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. Now, Jesus says, 
when you come to that party, you shouldn't try to find a way to get to those seats that are here. You shouldn't try to do that. And you'll see in a moment, he says, forget the pride. He says, if you get there and you sit down and you're right there and the host says, oh, excuse me, I invited a close friend of mine. Would you just take another seat? It went out the window. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. So how do I solve that? How do I get rid of this pride, this status that brings power? And power is always involved with pride. He says, but when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. What in the world is Jesus talking about? Pastor Mark, what is this? Now watch. When you came into the party, if you're there early, Jesus was going to say, you're going to find a way to manipulate the crowd. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. I have a seat up front. Excuse me. Just a moment. Their whole goal was to get here. And they're going to use self-manipulation to get there. Look at this last verse. This is the principle. You say, well, I've never been to a party like that, Mark. Well, kind of, yeah. Have you ever go to a football game? And people say, well, where where were you? Uh, 50-yard line right in the middle. (laughs) Where did you go? I was on the last seat in the top of the stadium. Still having my nose bleed. Now watch the principle. Here it is. Let's read it together. For all those, come on, for all those who exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, that's totally unlike the world. Get up front so you can be seen. Jesus said, no, it's not about you. Quit quit exalting yourself. Quit being prideful. God hates pride. So he says, it's a whole principle that you need to understand. And he's teaching the religious leaders, but he's speaking to us this morning. This applies to all of us. We've all been in a place in our world where we've tried to manipulate, promote ourselves at work or at school, even in the ministry. You see, we can try and manipulate the circumstances. You've seen this. If you've worked any number of years at a place where there's lots of employees, you've seen people and you know what they're doing. Over the years, they know this certain position's coming open. Because of that, behind the scenes, what are they doing? They're manipulating the circumstance. They're spreading the rumor. So who's going to get the job? Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Here's a principle we need to understand. And it's a big one for all of us this morning. If you try to make a name for yourself and manipulate the circumstances, here's what Jesus says. Let me read to you from Psalm 75. No one from the east or west or from the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. So where does promotion really come from if I'm a Christian? Where does promotion come from? It only comes from God. So what Jesus is saying, don't make excuses for your pride and your self-promotion. You know that's wrong. You're at a road that you're trying to promote yourself. God says, I hate pride, but I love humility. Now, look at this verse. This is the summary of what we just read. James 4, 6. 
God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what's our solution when we try to promote ourselves? Here it is. Be humble and realize that promotion only comes from the Lord. So if you're at work not now and you're guilty this morning, you're trying to get that job. Here's how you get that job with the promotion. You ask God, is that what you want? Then I'll leave it to you, God. Do you got it? See, if you say you're a Christian and you're out there manipulating behind the scene, and when you get the job, man, only Christians really get the job. No, no, you used the wrong thing to get the job. By the way, God is not happy with it. Well, I got the job. No, no, no. God knows. Now, I, I thought of this. Promotion only comes from the Lord. When we moved here in 1969, we were here on vacation from Michigan, and I had taken my state boards many years before so I could get a license in Florida. I did that for a reason. You know, after you're out of college for two or three years, you'd fail every state board in the world. You can't remember all that crud that you did because you never used it. So I got my boards and it came out. I looked for a job here. We had never really been to this part of of Florida ever. And I went to Cape Canaveral Hospital. They didn't have a pharmacy. And then I went to Wustoff. And uh, the CEO said, come back the next day and I'll interview. I came back the next day and got the job. It's another whole story, miracle after miracle. miracle. Anyway, we went back. In two months, I was down here. I was director of pharmacy. I didn't even know what I was doing. (laughs) But God did what? He promoted me there. I stayed there 25 years by the grace of God. I outlasted six CEOs. (laughs) People would look, Bomber's still here? (laughs) Yes. Because promotion came from the Lord. I want to share you something. That didn't make me somebody special. God did that. I, I was looking just for a job. And you know why God used that for 25 years? So that later he could promote me to be a pastor of you. That's right. So I am taking the seat this morning. No way. Often when I leave this building and drive home, I cry on the way home. I don't deserve to be here. I have nothing to offer you, but God has everything to offer you. You understand? Promotion is never about us. It's where God wants us. And you don't want to be where you want to be, but he doesn't want you there. You never want to do it. So Jesus is smack dab right on. Now I'm going to read to you. Look at verses 12 through 14. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. Then he turned to his host, the person that was offering the party. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbor. What he means is don't just invite those kind of people. Now he's getting to a motive. Why shouldn't I invite my rich friends? For they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then at the resurrection in heaven of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. When Jesus walked into the party, he noticed there was all rich, influential people. And he goes, this is not the way the party's to be. And the reason it was that way, the host had a wrong motive. He only invited people that were rich. And after doing this party, he knew they would invite them back to his house. 
And he knew the people who had enough money to put on a great party. So he only invited those people. Now, it's a wrong motive. So what Jesus is saying, don't make excuses for your wrong motives. I know, I know what you're after. And what your whole motive is, what can I get out of this inviting this person? Now, when you think that, what was Jesus saying? Basically invite people who can't pay you back, who don't have a nice home, don't have the money to pay you back, invite them. Then the reward will be yours. But if you do it the other way, the reward is already finished. You're done. You had it from there. So here's our solution. Write it down this morning. Love and be generous to all people. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Don't be prejudiced and God will reward you. Now, we have a perfect example of what happened at that principle. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, every year we have a great youth ministry, which includes many of the kids from our schools right across the street from us here, especially the junior high. They come over, and Pastor Derek, one of our pastors, he ministers to them during the school day. Many of them come over after school because parents aren't home, so they get to play basketball, guys, gals, all this kind of stuff. But of course, they have to have a devotional before they play, and many of those kids now are coming to our church. Well, once a year, they do a Thanksgiving dinner, kind of a celebration. And uh, as you look at the list of the students that would be there, we invited all those students. Now, many of those students could never invite you to their home because they don't have the money. They live in a little small apartment. They don't have the ability to do it back. So that's exactly who we always treat. Most of those kids, not all of them, of course, basically couldn't afford to do this. So what happened is they were invited to a Thanksgiving party and Pastor Derek and his team provided a full Thanksgiving meal for those people at no charge. More than 200 students came. Now, when Pastor Derek was there, all the food went, and we had our barbecue team come and help fix the turkeys and all of this stuff. We fed more than 200 people full Thanksgiving meal, no charge, and one husband and wife in this congregation paid for everything. That's what Jesus was saying. These kids can't invite us back. We paid for them to have a time. Now, am I going to give you the name of the couple? No, because I'd be dead tomorrow. (laughs) I know who they are. So they will get a reward where? In heaven. Because their name isn't known. They didn't do it for the wrong reason. There was no excuse there at all. They did it for the right reason. You see, we need to be generous to all people because we've all been in different circumstances in our life. What a beautiful picture. By the way, when the parents came to pick them up, they all fixed them a plate full, put it in a box, and gave it for the parents to have when they went home. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for being generous. It's so hard to live our lives honestly. We fear that others will think less of us if we let our warts show. Pastor Mark reminded us that God honors and blesses us when we are trying to follow Christ with integrity. It could be that allowing our flaws to be seen will encourage others to be honest about their need to avail themselves of this godly grace they see in our lives. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, we'll continue in Luke 14 as Jesus talks about the kingdom of God in a unique manner. Pastor Mark will be teaching about our need to be honest about whether we want to follow Jesus or not. Without making excuses, we'll be told about a group of people who, when invited to a party they didn't want to attend, made a number of amazing excuses. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus, that's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.